Now, I'm not going to be too long. That's because I've got a lot happening to you today. I've got several huge meals to eat today. <laughs> don't know how I'm going to do it. And then we go to the airport to pick up family today. Can't wait for that. So, amen. Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. And when he was born, the most powerful man in the world was a man by the name of Augustus Caesar. He was the first emperor of Rome. He was like Rome's savior. He was a mighty emperor of Rome. And when Jesus was born, all of the eyes of the world was upon Augustus Caesar, Caesar Augustus. However, while the world was looking to Caesar, God had his eyes focused on somebody else. God had his eyes focused upon a humble, virgin, young lady named Mary. Mary was an incredible young lady, highly favoured by God. We don't talk much about Mary, but she was highly favoured by the Lord. And Mary lived in the dusty little town of Nazareth. I've been to Nazareth and it's still a small place today. And Mary was heavily pregnant with the promised Messiah after the Holy Spirit had overshadowed her and planted the seed of Jesus Christ within her. And the time for the birth of her baby was getting closer by the day. She was getting bigger and bigger by the day. But it was a problem because the ancient prophets had prophesied that the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem and not Nazareth. It seemed that Mary was living in the wrong town. So Almighty God, who is the ruler of all creation. He is the ruler of things seen and unseen. He is the ruler of things past, present and future. That's the almighty God we're talking about here. The almighty God, the ruler of all creation, used the world's most powerful man, Caesar Augustus, to fix this problem that we had with Mary living in Nazareth. God caused the emperor of Rome to make a decree that everyone throughout his empire, that they had to return to their ancestral town for a census. And so Joseph and his heavily pregnant wife, Mary, traveled the 80 long miles to Bethlehem. And quite frankly, Joseph was probably happy to get out of town with all the gossip that was going on. Come on, this is great. Let's go. So he headed to Bethlehem, which was both of their, both Mary and Joseph's, their ancestral town. And because they travel more slowly, because Mary's expecting a baby, because they travel more slowly than everyone else, they arrived very late in Bethlehem. Everybody else got ahead of them. And so with dismay, they discovered that the innkeeper had no room for them. And he didn't have any room for their expectant baby Jesus in his inn. And so they had to move or live in a smelly stable. 
Nonetheless, Jesus, the King of Heaven, was born in Bethlehem just as the ancient prophets had predicted. Mary, it seems a text in the Bible indicates that Mary probably had no help with the delivery of her baby. She probably delivered Jesus on her own with, with Joseph. But then she wrapped baby Jesus in strips of linen and placed him in a feeding trough for animals, a manger. Mary did not realize what she was doing at the time, but the strips of cloth were a prophetic pointer to the future death and burial of Jesus Christ. Jesus came into the world and he was immediately wrapped in strips of linen. But 33 years later, Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and he was then wrapped in strips of linen once again. Some visitors came to Mary, some unusual visitors. The first visitors to see baby Jesus were a group of shepherds. We read about that a few minutes ago. Angels had appeared to the shepherds who were out in the fields that surrounded Bethlehem. The angels told the shepherds the joyful news that the Messiah, Jesus, had been born in town, in Bethlehem, and that they would find him if they would look for him, and they would find him lying in a feeding trough, in a manger. These shepherds of Bethlehem were known as the temple shepherds. They were responsible, the shepherds of Bethlehem. Bethlehem was just five miles away from Jerusalem. These shepherds in Bethlehem, the temple shepherds, were responsible for the little lambs that were sacrificed at the temple in nearby Jerusalem. These lambs were sacrificed for the sins of Israel. And so those temple shepherds went to find Jesus in Bethlehem. And they found him. We read that. And the temple shepherds' attendance at the birth of Jesus was another prophetic signal that Jesus Christ himself was the Lamb of God who would later take away the sins of everyone who trusted in him. In addition, Jesus also later took the title, The Good Shepherd, fulfilling the role of the shepherd described in Psalm 23. But there was more to the prophetic significance of the visit of the shepherds to Jesus. Interestingly, at the time of the birth of Jesus, shepherds were not a respected group of people in society. Rather, shepherds were viewed by the majority of people as being people of questionable character. Thieves, liars. Shepherds had such a bad reputation that they were not even considered to be reliable witnesses in the courts of law at the times of Jesus. So you could say that the first visitors to see Jesus, the shepherds, they were social outcasts. They were never socially good enough for the people in town. There was a gap between the shepherds and everyone else. In the same way, ladies and gentlemen, There is a gap between each one of us and Almighty God. We are lost. We're cut off. 
We're not acceptable. We are far from God because of our darkness in our lives, because of our wickedness in our lives, because of our sin in our lives. And all of us are sinners, for the Bible says that all have sinned and become separated from God. The only way to bridge that gap and be made right with God is to do what the shepherds did. They came to God by coming to Jesus Christ. They came to God by coming to Jesus Christ. How do we bridge the gap? We come to God by coming to Jesus Christ. Lost people like me and you come to God only by coming to Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Do you want to come to God? Then come to Jesus Christ. Amen. Finally, months later, Joseph, Mary and Jesus, they had moved into a house in Bethlehem. They did not go immediately back to Nazareth. They came back a little bit later. And while in the house in Bethlehem, one day a, a group of Parthians came to visit Jesus. We know this group as as the wise men. Parthia was a rival empire of Rome. They butted up against each other on the easternmost border of Rome. And these Parthians or these wise men had travelled for a long time following a star and it guided them to where Jesus was. And the arrival of this group of Parthians stirred up the people of Jerusalem Because no doubt you had your wise men there, but they would have brought their soldiers to protect themselves from bandits. It caused a stir when they showed up, the rival people from the rival empire showing up in town in Jerusalem, the capital. And and also they were stirred up because they they said they were looking for a new king. And Herod had been crowned the king of the Jews. And now these people are saying, we're looking for the king of the Jews. And he's saying, I'm here. And they say, no, we're looking for somebody else. So people got stirred up. But in addition, these men were also from another culture. They were from outside the Roman Empire. These men were from another ethnic group. They were the outsiders. But these men had not come for trouble. They just simply come to see Jesus. And when they saw the star over the house where Jesus was staying, they were filled with joy And they worshipped Jesus. This visit by the wise men was another prophetic pointer of why Jesus had come. Jesus Christ had come for outsiders. Jesus Christ did not come for just one ethnic group. Jesus Christ came for people of all cultures and of all nations and all countries around the world. Jesus Christ came for every tribe and every language group around the world. Jesus Christ came for me. Jesus Christ came for you. And so this Christmas story that I've briefly described can be summarised by this beautiful Bible verse. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. That's people. For God so loved people that he gave his one and only son. That's Jesus. 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God wishes for you today to receive his great Christmas gift, the gift of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And so I ask you this question, everybody in this room, before we all rush off and have a wonderful day, would you like to open your heart to Jesus Christ today and have him wash away your sins so you can be right with God? He said, well, I feel like I'm just on the outside. Well, that's why Jesus came for you. I feel like I'm an outcast. That's why Jesus came for you. The way to God is through Jesus Christ. And you can have your sins washed away and be made absolutely clean today. And I cannot think of a greater gift for a human being to receive and to receive the gift of salvation, to receive Jesus Christ into life. What a great gift. I'll tell you something else because I remember when I received Jesus and I was very young, I think one of the great gifts in life is to have all your sins washed away. I remember having my sins washed away and I can remember trying to describe, I was talking with some friends and, and I thought about it and I thought about it and I thought it's like taking a shower but the water runs on the inside instead of the outside. You know when you're really you're sweaty and you have a shower and it feels really good to have a shower and you feel so clean? It's like the shower runs on the inside and it just washes away all the dirt. And that's what it, it's like when you say, Oh God, oh Jesus, just forgive me of your sins, my sins. And when, 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 when you have your sins forgiven, what a gift that is. What a gift. You can receive that gift right now. Would you like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? I'd like to help you. And so we're going to pray together. And so to pray, it's a good thing to bow our heads and close our eyes. And, you know, uh, we do that so we don't get distracted. And we're just going to have a sacred moment for two minutes. And then we're going to sing Silent Night. And then we're going to sing Felice Navidad. And that's how we're going to finish. So let's capture these two minutes now. As you humbly bow your heads before the Lord and close your eyes. And I'll ask everybody in this room to repeat this prayer after me. It's a simple prayer. We've got a title for this prayer. It's called the Sinner's Prayer. But we could all say it, can't we, this Christmas time? But for some of you, it might be the first time you've ever prayed a prayer like this. And if today you're saying, yes, I, I want the gift of Jesus. I want my sins to be washed away. As we say this prayer, just open your heart and your mind to Jesus. And Jesus will answer this prayer and he will give you the gift of salvation and wash your sins away. So here we go. Could you repeat this after me? Here we go. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and I believe you rose again from the dead. So Jesus, I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and life. I place my trust in you. So please be my God and my Saviour. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Amen, 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 amen. And again, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed,
I just want to pray blessing upon you. Nobody looking around, but if that was your first time or second time, you know, maybe you've prayed a prayer like that and you've just wandered off and life is life, isn't it? Life is hard sometimes. Of course it is. That's why we need a rescuer. That's why we need a saviour. And maybe you prayed that the first time or you're making like a recommitment to Jesus. If that's you, give me a wave of your hand and then put your hand down again. I just want to pray blessing upon you. God bless you. God, God bless you. Anybody else? Put it right up. Yeah, God bless you, darling. God bless you. Anybody else? Just look, God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else? And then, Father, I just pray for those precious people that you love so deeply. Lord, as they've opened their hearts today, I pray you'll put your seal upon their lives. I pray your Holy Spirit in their hearts. I pray, Lord, this will be a real turning point for them. That, Lord, even though life is still hard, Lord, I pray that your presence will lead them and guide them through. And I pray, Jesus, that you'll become bigger and bigger in their lives as we step into 2023. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus and everybody said. Would you stand with me as we sing Silent Night? Come on, everybody.